Hello and welcome to the Rogue Monkey Podcast. My name is Kevin Pickards. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to our fast-growing community of innovators, disruptors and open-minded professionals exploring new ideas and moving their respective fields forwards. Today's conversation is a deep dive into the philosophy surrounding sport, coaching and some of the lessons from the lockdown over the last year. Our guest today is Jenny Cody, a former international basketball player and coach who is now a coach developer for UK Coaching, supporting coaches across 17 Olympic sports. In addition to this, Jenny also coaches with West Ham United FC Women. Across today's discussion, we speak about the value of mentor support, the impact of role models on your sporting journey, and how the professionalisation of the sports world is bringing about a raft of changes that are long overdue. So let's get straight into it and episode 28, a conversation with coach developer Jenny Cody, exploring experiences along the sporting journey and the professionalisation of coaching. Hello, Jen. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Good. Very excited to be here. Thanks uh, for having me, Kevin. Well, thanks for sharing some time with us today. You're the second UK coaching coach developer we've had on the show. We had Alan back in 2020, which seems like a lifetime ago now. Um, but if you can just give everyone a bit of an intro as to who you are and kind of what, what you're up to now. Yeah, well, I lead with that. I saw that podcast. Um, really interesting. So interesting because, you know, when you work with somebody and then you kind of get, create a relationship as you go along and then listening back to that, I was like, oh, Alan, that'll be great. And then I hear some little nuggets along the way. I'm like, I didn't know that about him. I didn't know that. <laughs> so that was really good. Um, I work with UK Coaching as a coach developer in the performance space. And I guess the interesting part of that is it's tied together a lot of my journey. I was an athlete, international athlete for 15 years, coached internationally for 10 in basketball and took a lot of that transferable skills, went into different areas. Essentially, all of those areas involved development. So whether it was performance analyst, uh, I got accredited with the Irish Institute to do that when I finished my uh, computer degree and the master's um, in sports psychology. I was like, how do you marry these worlds? Went down that road development, development, development. So I'm at a place now where I absolutely love my job. Um, can it go in any direction? Absolutely. Do we get into the nitty gritty of coaching practice? Do we look at relationship building um, and all the holistic areas of coaching? So yeah, it's uh, an absolute buzz at the moment. Um, but unfortunately, if people are not on the ground, you know, and they haven't been for a while, it can be a bit tricky, but we are having some really good conversations still. So coach developing, doing a performance coach role with West Ham Women's. That's an interesting one. I don't have an extensive background in football so again really nice to bring a few bits and pieces together go over and in that performance coach role support coaches support athletes so yeah really interesting I think um one of the interest I mean there's a thousand and one things I'd, I'd like to unpick there I mean one of the the curious things you talk about there and obviously the, the work with West Ham one of the the big benefits I think that we're seeing in in modern day not just sport but in you know wider business having outsiders in inverted commas but people with a fresh set of eyes that are not constrained by the context and I think especially in sport we've seen that where there are some very traditionally entrenched behaviors activities whatever it is cultures and actually someone coming and going why did you do that and we go well we're not really sure we've just always done it like that like that's probably something you must come across quite a lot in your job yeah yeah absolutely and even looking on the reviews when coaches finish programs I ask them kind of what are the key parts and they always say brilliant to have a coach developer mentor support 
um, structure in place, but even better that it's a non-invasive eye. And, you know, I'm allowed to ask those stupid questions. I do know the nuances of all the sports. So I work currently with 17 uh, different Olympic sports and I'm able to go in and out of those, not looking at the tech tax side and asking those why questions. Some coaches, believe it or not, Kevin, have been coaching for about 10, 11 years and have never been observed. They've probably in an informal capacity been um, observed by somebody passing by or somebody watching an athlete recruiting or all different areas like that. But, you know, hearing that for me, that they've never been mic'd up or they've never been videoed or they've never had a chance to hear how they come across and really dive into that self-awareness element. And then obviously the ripple effects in the coaching practice. It's just fascinating. So it's really rewarding. It's um, an opportunity to support coaches and, and let them navigate. So it's kind of a scaffolding job I do um, and changes from day to day. Do you think that's going to be indicative of, I guess, a shift in generally speaking the sports world? Because I know some aspects of it are professionalised, some are very much not. Um, and actually, if you were a teacher or you were a, you know, a doctor or something like that, you'd have your supervisions and your regular professional development and your mentoring and all those sorts of things. And actually, do you think that's where the sports world, hopefully, <laughs> once we're out of this mess, will actually start to head to actually see more professional approaches to, to coaching, developing and those sorts of things? Oh, definitely. Like there's there's a constant push. I suppose I'm, I'm definitely have a lens on in this, but there's a constant push from our angle to professionalize this role. And, you know, we have coaching standards. We're now looking at coach development standards coming out soon. But I think underneath all of that, it's the coach's awareness of like what's out there the NGBs or their sport to support them to, to make these contacts and, and get those uh, opportunities for the coaches and the coaches to kind of say, you know what, I'd love to go and watch another sport. I see value in being in different environments. I see value in connecting. Now, like podcasts, you're a brilliant podcast. Like so many people that I've listened to on your podcast and some other webinars, I straight away reach out to. Now, I probably wouldn't have a few years ago. And I'm, you know, confident and enthusiastic and, and very curious. But I think there's something around this COVID period that people have, you know, opened up a little bit more and said, oh, what's the worst that can happen if I connect with this person that previously I may have had on a, a pedestal? And I said, oh, I'd never contact them. And now I'm hearing from all over the place. Oh, I just I rang this coach. I emailed this coach. I sent a tweet to this coach. And all of a sudden they're growing their network. There's the richness in the conversation. There's a vulnerability that's coming out that I haven't experienced or experienced less. Um, and as you mentioned as well, some sports lead to that a little bit, allow that to happen a little bit quicker and afford the opportunity so I do hope that it's, I see it going that way and I think in the UK particularly around coach development we're doing a fantastic job um, but I, I think we need to keep supporting that to, to raise the standards ask for support look at what coach development is in a coaching practice in situ support or video and and um, even communities of practice, Kevin. I know I'm, one, I'm I'm rambling now. You know my passion's coming out, but there's so many opportunities that don't have to be rigid formal quals to get you to the next level of coaching. Yeah, I, I'd fully agree with you on that. I think my and we'll talk a little bit about your journey. And I think one of the things that I found that's influenced mine was my outs or my my external perspective at the start of the journey of what I thought coaching looked like, and then for my dissertation I looked into how certainly in the world of swimming coaches learn and qualifications was like stone dead at the bottom they were like yeah we got it done and that was it and it was like well what else because most of them were very open-minded yet we never stopped learning I'm like well where do you learn from then and obviously that was pre all of this but it's incredible to actually see the value of 
and I'm, I'm seriously paraphrasing here, but almost like conference pub talk where you go to a conference and most of the learning takes place in the bar in the evening. Well, what I feel like with a very much glass half full mentality, the last six, 12, 18 months, however long this all goes on for, has actually been one long like bar discussion you know, with people just going off in angles, left, right, and center, and not not saying it's there's no objective to it, but actually it's a lot more free flowing than perhaps the wider fraternity of coaches we're used to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love that analogy. That's brilliant. I think Anna Stodder and Simon Phelan are doing a bit of research around what um what kind of online learning or online engagements people had. So I'd be interested to see how that kind of is collated materializes and what comes of it. But in the interim, what I've seen is um people starting maybe in the march april time of last year that first lockdown and consuming this fomo came across them what's on here what's in here i'm going to this am pm you know tapping into everything and then you could see they were back you know poolside trackside whatever it was uh, scurrying away at everything and then we had lockdown too and people were like whoa hang on a minute now what do i need what did i enjoy <laughs> well you know who who am i listening to am i in this kind of little bubble as well just in my sport just with the same people so um it's interesting I, I know we're in the middle of lockdown three now but I am seeing coaches kind of from a planning point of view if they're delivering online saying you know what let's pull back a little bit mental health side is important we don't want you to burn out mentally you're doing a great job different voices coming in some people introducing different types of conditioning into that virtual space um so that that pause has been an interesting 12 months but that's only an observation on my part and I, yeah i think it'll be interesting to see going forward what changes from a from a journey point of view when coaches may have perceived before this is my linear path to x spot now i'm going to like meander through a number of different areas go see a different sport chat with different people and evaluate that progress a little bit different instead of going what lesson have i learned today 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 you know what am i taking away so yeah that critical reflection i think is really important i'll be curious to see that research when it comes out that that anna's doing because one of the things that I'm big on is is the journey and I think that the sports world as a whole we preach it's all about the journey not the outcome you know but as a, generally in the sports world the score matters yeah. uh, you know and that's it is what it is whereas actually for the last however many say this all goes on for what we've actually had is no outcomes zero no scores you know no medal tables no nothing but we've all had to carry on doing our jobs in some capacity and progressing and going on our journey so almost we've had the process forced upon us because there isn't an outcome to work towards and actually I think there's a if we want to get into the world of like mindfulness and stuff but actually saying what have I learned this week is almost the most normal question we're now asking ourselves whereas two years ago would that have been a discussion the vast majority of coaches would have had with themselves I'm not sure no I think you're totally right there 12 months ago I remember having a conversation with a colleague about normalizing reflection in the program I said like well we need to be very mindful of how we integrate it and not just have it as a you know a not a one-stop shop but a point that people and now we're doing a, a reflective piece and they might perceive it to be like surveillance if you submit a video or an audio note now it's happening regularly people are hosting reflective webinars they're doing audio recordings they're sending videos in and it's it's so rich and it's it's not it's gone from I don't know if you look a lot into Jennifer Moon stuff on reflection but it's gone from that kind of superficial what part of of um, the reflection like what has just happened to a deeper layer of understanding um, you know the the 
the underlying narrative of, of that piece of reflection, what's happening first layer but then if we go deeper um how does that inform and impact the next stage of whatever you're doing even your mindset so yeah it's been really interesting to look at that but speaking of journey like it's so interesting so ages ago I was speaking to Doug McDonald and um, I mentioned that I did Irish dancing and he was like whoa hang on a minute and it wasn't until I started chatting with him about that that I realized that like I don't know what label to put on or maybe it doesn't have a label it was a really um it was it was a real awful experience as a a negative coaching experience and I never tagged it at that I just parked it as something that I, I did when I was really young and I spoke about like and unpicked the the swimming world that I was in for a while and basketball and when we look at where I'm at now or when I think about the journey that I've been on enjoying it I had such a rich sporting experience for 14 years with Wildcats like it was incredible. And I came to London six years ago, six and a half years ago. And that was the first time since I was 14 that I hadn't had a preseason, that I hadn't had a, a season. And so in all that change, and I went straight into a different role here in, in education and then into this role. And it's only these conversations in the last few years that I've really kind of relished the opportunity to, to reflect on what those years brought and what kind of skills came so from an athlete perspective fortunately enough to make a national team really young had positive and negative experiences playing on that team and traveling the world or uh well it's this yeah I travel I saw countries but did I actually see the countries I saw nice hotel rooms I saw you know basketball courts and stadiums that were amazing um but yeah so there was a richness in that family that was you know uh, the my basketball Wildcat team for a really long time and um, it, within that I had had 11 or 12 different coaches so getting to where I'm at now even though that was just in basketball I can see the patterns I can see the the similarities and the contradictions across a number of different sports that worked and didn't work and what I love on picking and I'm still going through it is why did that work for me what was it about that coach that you know I, I really thrived in that environment or how did he or she create that so yeah the journey the unpicking that journey is still going for me whilst I enjoy this one but all of those things feeding in has been a really interesting review well I'd like to and I'll give a couple of examples to try and spur on some answers but I'm thinking back like across my journey and there's there's two things that stick out with with me that probably at the time didn't stick out with me but I can reflect back and pick those out as go that had a huge impact on I guess my philosophy and approach to not just coaching but generally life now and I was about you know, teenage years max like very probably even younger than that and I had a coach called Mark who used to talk about the phrase Rome wasn't built in a day and actually what he was teaching me at a young age was patience and it's like right that's again look back you don't think of it like that you know you're a kid but look back and it was like, he never stopped with that. And I, I just never forget it. And then the, the second one, uh, I was quite a bit older, probably in my twenties at university and I had a coach called Nick. And he talks a lot about finding balance in your life. He said, there's always a life beyond swimming. And again, it was like, no, 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 swimming, 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 swimming. Then it was coaching. And it was like coaching, 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 coaching. Then it was in developing. And then within six months of doing that was nearly in hospital with pneumonia. And it was like, whoa, there it is. There's that moment that he was waiting for me to hit upon. So I think it's it's curious. I mean, certainly you talk about how much more reflective people are now. I can only pick those out probably in the last yeah year or two to actually go, they had a huge impact on me. 
So I wondered if you've got any that stand out for you as being really powerful memories, whether from basketball, your dance stuff, or from swimming that you actually go, whoa, that's, but whether it's positive or negative that really influenced your kind of experience now. Yeah, gosh, there's a lot coming there. I think um, there's a couple of interesting ones. Um, one is a more sensitive topic, I think, because of the, the nature of the topic. But when I was swimming and I was swimming at kind of national level, like um, traveling to, to Wales to compete at quite a young age and stuff. And um, I started menstruating when I was about 10. And it was quite a young age. And there was absolutely no, even I, I was understanding the process, I had a great conversation with my parents, but never bridged that gap with the coach. But what I do have a memory of, and, and maybe because it's topical now and it's kind of a, a sensitive issue, was that I had a really good group of senior female athletes and they made that experience just seamless. Like if I think back now to what I overcame and how I, and how I overcame it, like I'm, I've a, an endless amount of gratitude to them for taking me under their wing and doing that. So I looked at a couple of stats online for, on Twitter this morning and I was thinking like, it's not up to the coach really now if I have conversations or this topical things about coaching females. And um, that particular concern, I think, is that there's maybe not enough information for coaches or they feel like they need to have the answers. But actually, I feel it's just if coaches were willing to say, you know, maybe at the start of a season or have somebody where they're in the environment to speak about it openly. So they kind of go, this is an open book topic. If you want to, if you're struggling with it, speak to me about it. And so why I bring that up there is there was multiple times with different coaches throughout my basketball years that I never brought it up. And sometimes it was really difficult to deal with, you know, the pain of it or cramps or whatever it was or embarrassment or kit, you know, because our kit was always our awake. It was always white. <laughs> so you always you had that concern. And, and so I you never brought it up, whereas I do value coaches and I have in environments now where I see coaches being, yeah, I'll want to know more about that. I'm open to speaking about that. So that particular time. Uh, just came to me as you were speaking there. Uh, another interesting one was where we speak about great coaching. So I had, again, the fortune and, and kind of misfortune of having all those different coaches in different years. So whilst it lacked consistency, the opportunity to see various coaches and how they coached, oh my goodness, like absolutely. Uh, and again, it's, it's retrospectively, but some of those throwing things across the room, the old school um the old school kind of autocratic coaching and, and how that impacted the team. So it was that default to cohesion um, in the, in the social aspect, because we all didn't know what was going to happen next. We didn't know what was expected of us. And we thrived as a small group and kept our head down. Now, I don't know for us if that was a healthy environment, but I saw what came out of that. Um, I saw on the other side, a nourishing environment from some coaches, how they would, um, this self-guided kind of approach in their training. The training had fun, even though we were adults and we'd kind of lost the, the feel of that over the years. So some really key moments. I don't have good taglines. I probably will think when this podcast is over about that, but there's definitely been moments where um, the swimming world, I felt it was nourishing. I didn't feel I, re I reached my potential, moved into basketball and the, the family from a swimming world I'm still in touch with all those through social media channels through an odd catch-up into the basketball world where each year you were like what's coming through the door now oh my goodness and the culture that they brought with them to because we weren't diverse as a 
as a basketball team were from the pretty much the same city and a couple of American players came in as professionals. So the coach brought a whole load with them, a load of experience, a load of ways, and there wasn't any coach development or challenges. This was the expert that came in. So yeah, uh, it's gone on there a bit now, but that was really interesting. Oh, that's fascinating. And I'd, it's it's funny you mentioned that in terms of like role models for females, because on that topic specifically um, in swimming, I had a conversation recently with someone that was looking for some development activities specifically for younger teenagers. Um, and we're talking about whether there was anything they could offer differently from the young guys to the young girls. And there's a swimmer, I think based up in Scotland still called Amy Wilmot. Um, and she does an absolutely fantastic presentation to young athletes, basically saying, hey, I went through this too. And just some honest conversations that not de- demystifies it, I think, but actually just talks about it and then almost gives unconscious permission for ripple effects of people to go, oh, OK, cool. And I think that's it, it almost people just kind of tiptoe around it a little bit. And it, it, it feels, um, yeah, it does feel like the, the narrative is changing there a little bit where people and not just on that subject, on quite a few traditionally taboo areas where people are like, you're not sure just ask people are here to help yeah that's a, that's a lovely way you've put it way uh, way better than I did but I think it's um it's so important to have that space where it just it's mentioned it's opened the door is opened and then people can say oh actually it doesn't bother me at all or we were timing and there's some physiologically uh, physiological effects that come with that so maybe be mindful with this athlete or in the case where an athlete really struggles mentally with it that we're aware that you know there may be a reaction to stuff that's outside her characteristic or her personality so we tune into that instead of being kind of reactive to that so yeah yeah uh yeah watch this space keep it going <laughs> more chats you mentioned earlier about obviously like communities of practice and i mean that's one of the times when we had one of the most fascinating discussions i think i've had um so during the summer last year when we were all kind of at a point where it was just not again like <laughs> we were exhausted by the summer and uh, a documentary came out called The Last Dance. It didn't matter whether you're into basketball or not. And coaches everywhere were lit up with excitement. You've got to watch it. It's amazing. So inspiring. So engaging. And then you were like, right, let's just get coaches from all over the country on a call and just talk about it. And it was like there was no there was no like objective beyond that. Just like every coach thinks it's really, really cool. Why don't we bring you all together and see what you all took from it? And I, I don't know, for me, that's a metaphor of where I hope some aspects of coach development are heading next because it almost feels like a, 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 it is a community of practice in a sense, but it's actually a very different one to anything we would have had 10, 20, 30 years ago. Gosh, yeah, that was so much fun. And since then, Troy Kuliev and myself still staying in the basketball space or team have set up a monthly what would you do session. Again, like no objective other than to get people in the room and let's talk about scenarios that appear. Let's talk about different things that we could explore. Um, And we've had coaches who from the grassroots to international experienced coaches coming in saying, oh, well, when this happened with me, I did this and coaches scribbling something down and someone else going, but I had this the other day. Well, previously I've used this and that kind of problem solving or just kind of like this action learning idea where people are in in the middle experiencing something sharing something I love it I absolutely think it's so rich and if I can facilitate or be stuck in the middle of that it happens interestingly um on the performance foundation group but there's an element of that being a program where coaches are kind of signed up now there's a richness in it, it having you know 15 17 different sports in one group or in one zoom session um, and, but some topics based, I think, on where the sport is at, the level the, the coaches um, 
the amount, the frequency that the coach is coaching um, that gives more to the community of practice. So there last week, we started on skill acquisition and uh, ecological dynamics. And 65 minutes later, we were still going and we had added loads of legs to that, as you can well imagine. Um, so much so that the coaches went off and, and had communities practice in their own space. And yeah, like that kind of stuff for me is it's invaluable, but it's uplifting and motivational to see that coaches can connect and, and it's breaking down the barrier in a really simplistic community sense. We know only too well how isolating the world of coaching can be. And you mentioned the word balance, like any coach who's out there will be eager to give the best version of themselves. So it might mean extra reading, watching something else. So actually to have somebody that you can have a community and just have no agenda or feel like there's no watchful eye on it, you're just sharing or listening and on any topic, uh, I think there's massive value. And I do hope that we continue to grow that and people continue beyond this lockdown, whenever it is that we get a chance to, to go, oh, I'll still connect with that group. Maybe we'll change the time. Um, so, yeah, and like UK coaching are always doing stuff like that. Any of the, the coach developers in our coaching unit, any opportunity to go, oh, we'll throw a session on here and you could have 50, you could have five and we'll just, you know, go broad on the topic or we'll go deep on one. So, yeah, really useful. It'll be interesting where that all, all heads next. And I mean, the thoughts of the podcast for me, like in since it's been now over a year since we founded it, actually of people that are going out there and trying new things and potentially changing things long term and actually kind of before we went on air you were talking a little bit around some of the specific programs that are not necessarily hugely innovative in actually what they're doing but actually in the world of sport in this country they're huge steps forward so I don't know if you can just share maybe one or two examples from, from those kind of things you've been doing. Yeah about 12 months ago I started in a work group with uh, Sport England are leading a program so it's uh, women in coaching and we talk a lot about the next step in the future. So, yes, we're aware of what's existed in the past and, and there's some you know, equity areas as well. But we really wanted to look at projects that dive into the next level of coaching, the next level of support. And I would love if we could eradicate the word female before female coaches or when coaches explain who they coach, they're not saying, oh, I coach the under 14 girls. Like, you know, those kind of small maybe habits that, that happen when people are speaking or have had experiences that want them to own that I am a female coach in this space and be proud of it. So UK Coaching and Basketball England got together and we designed a programme. There's 12 coaches on this programme. And like, Kevin, I can't explain the excitement I have but with this programme. Like, the there's sparks. So you have 12 amazing coaches amazing women in a group who have ambitions to go in all different directions the sharing the excitement the support uh, the engagement like they it's amazing and like we can't say that you know 12 months of doing this will give us this right now it's exploratory but what we do know based on the design and um the, the creation of the program or the co-creation with the coaches in Basketball England is the research tells us X, Y, and Z. So we've bought into, uh, Basketball England have bought in massively to changing the narrative, changing the visibility. And if coaches want to, you know, go onto the board, coach internationally, run a regional team, set up their own program, through this program of leadership and performance, we're supporting them to strive towards that. And then hopefully... Um, in the second iteration of it, those coaches will become mentors to support the new the new branch of coaches that come through. And we will look to mix it because like we have some amazing mentors from inside the 
inside um, the UK and inside basketball who volunteer their time and they're asking for support. They think, this is fantastic. Where can I sign up? Where can I help out? So, you know, um, and, and the community, speaking of community of practice, oh my goodness, we have people from all over the world that want to come and share stories, share insight. So for the next workshop, we were looking at, again, leadership, performance and the underpinning of understanding the individual. We've got um, the wonderful Sandy Brondello coming, Australian head coach. And we've got a director from Nike, friend of mine who I played basketball with, uh, Kate Marr. And uh, Jane Booth is going to do some work on leadership with us. So sometimes it's in the sporting space. Sometimes it's non-sporting. Sometimes there'll be female leaders um, and a role model who've faced some sort of adversity or strived in performance. And other times there'll be you know, different areas and different people. So you're very excited. You can hear it in my voice. I know yeah. I get excited about that. And like, great, this other sports have come on, on board and said like we really would like to tap into this so that's what we're looking to try and build and see if there's bespoke packages out there for people to to grow so yeah who knows who knows where it's going to go but it's exciting it is very exciting and I think I mean we've talked a little bit around I guess the general sports world and obviously the more coaching aspects of it but for, for you personally like one of the things I found when I have conversations with you over the last few years is actually your passion to not sit still <laughs> you know and we were talking about trying to pin a time down for months and it was like it's not going to happen it's because it almost feels like a ping pong ball but actually going forwards do you have anything in like in mind that actually says right and then the next time I bounce off something it's going to be to over there are there not goals and you know waypoints and all those sorts of things but have you got some things on the horizon that for you personally you're excited about Yes, um, I have some small ones that I've been working on and they're not necessarily projects, they're just development pieces for me. So what I tried to do, not every week, but a couple of times a month is to have a stretch or a challenge in there. So last year I delivered a couple of lectures early. It was face to face and then it went virtual. Um, looking at connecting with brilliant people, yourself included, where there's a critical friend element to there. So it's an honesty in, in how you're speaking. So you're getting a, this is an idea I've had, this is what I'm going through, getting a different perspective on things. So keeping my, like growing my network, but keeping the critical friends at the core of that. So I can kind of uh, have kind of honest feedback on the direction I'm going and get a good perspective but another uh, little project that I took up with um, Amy Whitehead was to we're putting a book together and this is another kind of lockdown project where she said like you're on the ground a lot you're working with coaches a lot you have a lot of experience in that space and obviously like Amy's uh, academic presence is you know world-renowned um, and Think Loud project at the forefront of that as well so her sports psychology and um status there and then mine on the ground so let's let's put something together and some really exciting topics that I have regular conversations with about coaches where I go for it have you read this paper have you thought about this who have you spoken to on that can now come together in a book on some really kind of topical issues so those kind of projects I think they're energizing for me as are the people that I speak with as are the downtime kind of activities the venture into West Ham um, and then all the energy that I have for all of those projects keeps informing the coach developing space. So um, yeah, that's, I don't know where that's going to lead. I never really know, which is probably why I do all these projects and, and excitement um, builds from that. So we'll see. Okay. Well, I've only got a couple more questions. The first one is obviously you've been on a very meandering journey, if you like, and tried quite a lot of different things in different sports. So if you could go back to a, uh, 
let's say a 13 year old Jen, what would you say? What would your three nuggets of information be or words to help you on your journey? Oh my gosh, that's so brilliant. So um, that's really interesting because that brings me to the, the start of coaching. And I, I don't know how easy this would be, but for a lot of, a lot of my journey, outside performance I had imposter syndrome and I still do have it in different spaces so I would say to care less that like you know what you know now you know keep connecting with people keep sharing and even if it's looked at with a kind of raised eyebrow just keep going because I became really conscious early on like taking what I knew as an athlete from how I'd been coached from what other people told me to go and do it this way and then the outcome was always, as you said, like score on the board. Um, and I knew that my passion was developing people. I knew it was connecting with the human beings that were in front of me, even at that stage when they were only a few years younger. I was really like, well, I do. I'm really competitive, but actually they've had a great day today. We've had some laugh in training. They're still coming back years after. They're still playing now years down the line. They may maybe not be playing internationally, but some are still playing socially or started a club. Others have gone on to play internationally. And at the time, I was so concerned about how I was received and, and the kind of, um, you know, am I, can, can I do this? Am I good enough for that? So back myself and to, to just go forward with it. Just keep putting two feet in on those projects and take the risk. I really like that. And I think there's there's probably a lot of people out there either going on the coaching journey, whether they're, you know, <laughs> coming out of their playing career or whether they're studying in, you know, university or college or wherever it is, or they're I find this quite a lot now. You're seeing a lot more people are actually picking up coaching a little bit further than their career because actually it's just a passion activity. And I think having more and more people who do their do their job, whatever it is, but they're very passionate about that job it tends to engage a lot more with those sorts of people because they're actually like, well, I'm here because I really, really enjoy it. I'm having a conversation with you and I can clearly see you enjoy what you're doing. And I tend to find you actually get a much better dynamic working relationship with, with coaches, regardless of what performance level they're at, when you, when you come at it with that kind of passionate angle and belief in what you're doing. Yeah. I, saw, I watched something the other day and the guy speaking, I can't reference it now because I can't remember, um, but I came across it anyway. And he said, you know, when people say, be passionate about what you do. It kind of resonated with, I had the same visceral reaction that I do when people say, be curious. It was like, I think if you're in an environment and sparks are flying or you're speaking with somebody, then the curiosity comes from that. Or similar to the passion side of things, this particular guy said, if you're good at something and the feedback's coming, the passion and the energy will come with it. Now, I, I'm, I don't think it's as clear cut as that, but I thought, well, maybe I was really good at coaching or maybe I was getting the feedback and the passion to drive that on came from there. So like the, the biggest thing I bring to my coach development role and I have done in any role I've been part of and even as an athlete was just honesty, just that like empathy, honesty, willingness to be vulnerable in that space that I'm in. And then uh, like as much as I know I can share or I, we can co-create in that space we're in if I don't know you're not going to get me putting on a fake hat I will signpost you to the amazing people that I've networked with <laughs> who I know can can add you know or you can go and co-create with them something really cool so yeah I think that's um that's a build on the passion thing but I, that stopped me in my tracks when I heard it because I was like wow I'm, uh, would I be afraid to say I'd easily say I'm really passionate but would I have be afraid to say I'm really good at something and probably I would I wouldn't say that so yeah um, it reframed that for me 
There's one more question I want to ask, and it, it, it dovetails with the the last one I asked around, actually, if you go back and tell yourself at the start of the journey, what would you say to yourself? I would flip it now to the where you are now, looking back on everything you've done so far and these these wonderful people that you've kind of experienced, trained under, played under, worked with, and all these sorts of things. What's your central rule, philosophy, belief, where you are right now, looking forwards into the, the coming year? Okay, there's two that you, oh, I was going to say you only oh. get one, but no, I'll, I'll let you have two. I'll let you have two. Okay. You know, and I love that I didn't know this question or any of these questions beforehand because I probably overanalyze them and try and think them to death. The two that pop out are know your people. So whether that's in, you know, a coach role, a leadership role, a managerial role, like know your people beyond the how are you, which, you know, I do have as a tagline of, hey, how's it going? And I ask it again, but really know your people and then know like all the things that come with that motivation, et cetera. And the second one was to just, um, I guess say like be grateful or give back, um, be grateful for like, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be here today. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to have what I have today in my personal and professional life. And sometimes that runs away with the multitude of cool other fandangled things that are over there. So I think that's part of where the honesty and the energy comes from, because I really want to I want to be grateful for the journey that I've had and the people that have either inspired me or improved my uh, level of resilience, but uh, and mental toughness. So, yeah, that's that's my two there. Um, and again, we didn't pre-rehearse this, but you won't know that one of the other episodes we recorded in this season with a guy called Rob and Davey on me- mental health. And one of their golden rules was being grateful every day for something. So I feel like you guys have been collaborating behind the scenes or something. <laughs> but Jen, it's been so much fun. Really, really enjoy our conversations always. Um, and we'll make sure we signpost everyone to you on Twitter because you're very active and very engaged. But thanks for, for your time today. It's been really good fun. Oh, thank you very much. And best of luck with everything. Thank you again, Jenny, for a great and open discussion, which I'm sure we've all taken some great ideas from. To connect with Jenny on Twitter, just click through the link, which is in the show notes. If you like the episode, make sure you give us a quick review and hit subscribe. It would also be great to have you join our growing community. Just click the link in the show notes to sign up to our monthly updates that include behind-the-scenes podcast news, some great book reviews, plus lots more. Next week, keeping things super fresh, we are speaking to the commercial director at Social Inc., a company committed to putting the social back into social media. But until then, thanks for joining us for the Rogue Monkey Podcast.